0: Amen. You may be seated. Amen. It's good to see you guys this morning. Thank you. If you've got your Bible, we're going to go to the book of Ephesians, is where we're going to start today. The book of Ephesians is where we're going. Ephesians chapter 3 is where we're headed. Now, before I get there. Jason, you mind hand me that, that, that lie right there. Thank you. So I brought a friend with me today. Um, and I'm getting dirt all over the place. So a few weeks ago, uh, I went and purchased, uh, some of these landscaping lights, uh, from home Depot. And, uh, we, we were Getting ready, I, I, it was our house was kind of it's kind of dark out there. We got these trees and it makes it pretty dark, and so you know you couldn't really see the, the walking paths. I thought so, you know these are these are relatively cheap. I'll just buy a few of these and put them out by the by the the walkway coming up through our driveway. And um, I put them out. And I was kind of excited because I put them out. You know that morning, and I'm like, yeah, tonight we're gonna see it lit up. You know, it's gonna be amazing. You're gonna be able to see our Walkway. And so it got dark and nothing happened. They just sat there like a bump on the log. And uh, I thought, well, man, maybe. They didn't get enough sunlight because they're solar-powered, so right, you got that little, little thing on the front. And, and it was like, you know, maybe they didn't get enough light. Maybe I have to go through an entire day of having them out. You know, so uh, I let them sit out another day. And so I was so excited the next day. I really thought, this is going to be the night. Our lights are going to come on. I'm just going to go walk out down the path and just be able to kind of, you know, walk up and down and not trip over anything because the light is going to show us the way. And I walk out there, and nothing's happening. And I'm thinking, man, I have bought some duds you know these things aren't working. These lights are solar lights, and the sun's been out, and they should have gotten enough, enough charge on enough solar light to be able to to come on and and, and honestly, I didn't know anything. I was just so disgusted with it. I just left them out there, so it's probably been about three weeks. And I walk out there on Saturday morning, and, and I'm getting ready just to pull them all up and then chunk them in the in the trash can because I'm just like, this is, I'm disgusted with them. They're not doing what they're supposed to do because I put this money into it, and it's just like these lights are, are difficult, and what's going on with them? And so I, I I take the light, I pick up the first one, and I realize at the top, the cap is a little bit off. And I thought, huh, look at that. And the top came off. And I realized there was this little green tab on the inside of the cap. And it said, please remove before use. And I thought, well, that's interesting. I never saw that before, right? Because what I did when I got them home, I just cut the tags right off them. I didn't read the instructions, right? Who needs instructions? They're solar lights. They're just supposed to work, right? Right. I I pulled the little green tab off and... And I put the, the uh the cap back on it and I turned it and I, I set it back in the ground. said, Well, let's see what happens now. And you know what? I came out that evening after it got dark in our pathway. I could see it. It was like, This is amazing. The lights are doing what they're supposed to do, right? There was more to it that I was missing something. And there was more to it. And that's what our series has been about. That's what our series, More, I understood that these lights were made for more than just sitting beside my walkway and just looking pretty during the day, that they were supposed to do more. And and I want to kind of jump off from that thought with us today that we're like the light, that we're called to be more. We're called to do more, that we were made for more. That God has a plan for us. And so I'm just going to leave that right there. And I want us to go to Ephesians. If you got your Bible, let's go to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. Beginning in verse 14. And this is what Paul writes to the Ephesian church. And he says, For this reason, I kneel before the Father. Now, I'm reading out of the NIV this morning. If, if uh, e- your translation's a little bit different, that's why I'm reading out of the NIV. I really liked how uh, this translation worded this. And so, for this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with what? Power. How many of you like to have power? I many of you like power a little too much, right? <laughs> I get a little bit of power and it goes to my head, right? Woohoo! I'm the boss now, right? Some people, they will even buy themselves coffee mugs that says I'm the boss on it. I won't mention any names because I know some people like that, and their name might be Ryan. Who knows? But he says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, God's glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power. This little word power, and you've probably heard this before. You've been around church long enough. This is probably not something new. You probably understand that the Greek little Greek word there, power, is the word dunamis, and that is where we get our word dynamite from. How many of you like to play with dynamite? No, Mama said don't play with stuff that will that'll, that'll hurt you, right? But dynamite is power powerful dynamite is what they used to take and stick in the side of mountains so that they could blow a hole in the mountain they're able to build a railroad track through it and drive a train through a mountain that's the power in it that it can move mountains and so the word of god says here that he may strengthen you with dynamite power he may strengthen you with mountain moving power through his spirit in your inner being that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and I pray that you being rooted and established in what? Love. I want you to get this, because there's two words that that get put together a lot, and sometimes I think we miss this. I think we understand that, that, that the word power and spirit go together, but do the word power and love go together? They absolutely do, and Paul bears that out here. He says, I pray that you may be strengthened with power, where? Inside of you, inside of you through the Spirit, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love. In verse 18, may have power, there's that word again, together with all the saints to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the Love, there's that, there's that word again, power and love, power and love, power and love is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness, the pleroma, the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more. That's what we've been talking about, right? Right? That's what we've been talking about. We've been talking about this idea that God has made us for what? More. God's made us for more. His word tells us here, and Paul tells us, he says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably. I even wrote this word down. You can even translate that word in, uh, as, as, as like the inf, infinite. Infinitely. in, Infinitely. <laughs> It's infinite. There's no limit. there's, There's no stop. There's no cap. Think about that, that God doesn't have a cap on his power, and there's not a cap on his love, and his love and his power go together through the Spirit. And so this is what he does. He brings us power and love through his Spirit, and he doesn't cap it. He does not cap it. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to his power. That is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I want to talk to you today just about this idea, and I'm just kind of entitled this Landscaping Lights because I think a lot of time we're like the landscaping lights. I think a lot of times we're like these lights. There's more to us, but something's missed. There's more that God wants out of us, and he knows that there's more there that resides inside of us, but we are missing something. There's there's something that we're just not keying in on. And I I think what we do is is we look at this and we limit God's ability. God's not limited. He's not limited in his ability, but we limit God's ability. How do we limit God's ability? God created us to do more, and we are strapped with limits. Limits. What limits are we strapped with? I think Paul talks about this in Galatians. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. This is what Paul says. He said this in, in 516. He says, So I say, walk by the Spirit. Now when it says walk but not just walk by the Spirit like you're passing by, hey Spirit, how you doing? Not like that kind of walk by the Spirit. Walk through the power of the Spirit. Let your life be in such a way that it's empowered to be able to live through the Spirit. That is what we call the Spirit-filled life. I mean, have you ever, ever heard that term, Spirit-filled life? And, and you want a Spirit-filled life. Anybody? You know, I want a Spirit-filled life. I want my life to be empowered by God's Spirit. And so Paul says, so I say, walk by the Spirit that you will not gratify what? The desires of the flesh. There we go. That's our limits. That's our caps. That's our little green tag on the inside of our landscaping light. What is it? So let's go on. Let's let's skip down to verse 19. And this is what it says in verse 19. And it says, the acts of the flesh are obvious. I thought when I read this, I thought, well, sometimes they're not so obvious, Paul. Sometimes it's not obvious to us, we're oblivious to it. Sometimes we walk in these acts of the flesh, and that's just second nature to us because we do these things without even thinking about them. But he goes on, he says, the acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. Where some of y'all think, thinking right now, is like, I'm good there. <laughs> None, that's not me. Like, let's keep on. Idolatry and witchcraft. You say, whoop, I'm good there. Hatred. Well, hate is a strong word, you know. Discord jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions. What does that mean? That means that we split up and we divide over stupid arguments. This this is what Paul is crying. He says, hey, the works of the flesh are obvious, but sometimes we're oblivious because we fall right into it without even thinking about it. And he goes on, he says, these are these are dissensions and factions. Next verse, he goes on. And envy and drunkenness and orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Don't say amen so much because we're all part of this. (laughs) We're all guilty. You say, well, I'm not guilty of all that. Yeah, we, we probably are in ways. That we see that there are... Acts of the flesh that we fall into, and we fail to walk by the Spirit of God. And Paul says, "Walk by this Spirit, because that's where your power's at." But we limit God's power when we allow the works of the flesh in. We limit God's power. Go on to the next verse. He goes on. He, I'm glad he doesn't stop there because he goes on. He says, "But the fruit of the Spirit." Notice what he did not say. He did not say the fruits. Growing up, that's what I always thought. It's, oh, it's fruits. There's nine fruits of the Spirit. That's not what it says. What does it say? The fruit. So, this is something that we should be producing in a singular way. It's not like, well, I got a little bit of love over here, but I have no self control. Right? It's like, no, 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 no. That's not how this works. Now you're supposed to have love, you're supposed to have peace, you're supposed to have self-control. Because he goes on, he said the fruit of the Spirit is love, is joy, is peace, it's forbearance, it's kindness. Is that not what we've been talking about over the last few weeks, kindness and progress? So what we're talking about, putting in progress, is the fruit of the Spirit. It's allowing God to let fruit be born in our life. So you just thought we were just being nice. You just thought that when we were doing this, it was random acts of kindness and we were just being nice. No, what you don't realize is when we engage in the kindness that God calls us to, that's empowered by the Spirit of God, it becomes the fruit and fruit begins to be born in our life. And so, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Next verse, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. So when we look at this and we think about this and we think, okay, what are you getting at here? See, we won't do any more than what we can when we're disconnected from our source. You won't be able to be more if you're disconnected from the source of your power. Just like this little landscaping light here, it was disconnected from the source of the power. See, the battery was getting charged by the sunlight. That battery was okay. I thought, man, my battery. So once I realized that there was a battery inside, I said, maybe the batteries are messed up and the batteries are defective. No, the batteries weren't defective. The batteries were doing what they were supposed to do. The sunlight was coming in through this little thing on the top, and it created uh, whatever it creates on the inside to make the battery charge up. The only difference was this, is that there was a little piece of green plastic tab that I had to pull out from that battery hitting the connection to make the light come on. There was a limitate, there was a limitation there. There was a hindrance there. And we have those things in our life. We have things that limit us and limit our power and limit our, our, our connection to the source. And when it does, we don't produce the light in our life like we're supposed to. When we have these things happen, what it does is it causes our light to either be very dim or not come on at all. And God looks at us and says, you were created for more. You were made for more. You were made to do more and be more, just like this little light. And it did not take much. I can't even tell you how thin this little plastic tab was. But it was enough to stop the power from empowering the light. It was enough to stop this light from working as it should, so it doesn't take a whole lot. When we allow our life to be limited, God's not limited. His source of power is not limited. But what we do is we limit that connection that we have when we let other things come in. And Paul says, says, I want you to walk in a Spirit-filled way. I want you to walk empowered by the Spirit. And that means you've got to make sure that you're connected to the source in such a way where your life bears fruit. See, I was ready to throw out the lights. I thought they were defective. It wasn't until I connected the light to the power source and that it produced what it was created to produce. See, we easily move on to things when we get disappointed in life, right? Well, that didn't work, so what was I ready to do? I was ready to punt these things. I was, ready to, I was ready to throw them in the trash and get rid of them. And sometimes we're like that in our life. We're like that in our relationships. We're like that in our marriages. When our marriages it, it aren't working like they're supposed to, you know what? Maybe the idea, I just need a new marriage. That's, that's the problem. I just need a new spouse. I just need a new husband or I need a new wife because they, they just, they're just not working anymore. And so that's what I need to do. I need something new. I can do better than this. Some of us do that with jobs. Oh, man, this is not the job. I thought this job was going to be amazing. I thought this job was going to be great. I thought this job would just really help me become what I thought I I, I need to become and get to where I wanted to go. You know what? You know, this job, I can do better than this. I got sent to Richmond Hill. Man, why am I here? I could be someplace where they don't have sand gnats. I could be someplace where they actually have four seasons. But no, I get 80 degrees year-round. I could do better than this. See, we're ready to punt to the next thing. We're ready to move on to the next thing. We are ready to cancel what we've got and move on because we're disappointed with what we've got, who we've got, and where we're at. But see, maybe it's not so much about saying I can do better than this and start saying I can do better with this. Maybe, maybe there's something to this that's saying, you know what? Because there's scripture that says, and, and, and I didn't give you this one, but it says, I believe Saint Peter, it says his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. His divine dunamis, his divine power that moves mountains, has given me everything I need to live in such a way where it empowers me to shine like I'm supposed to shine. His divine power. It's not because I'm so smart. It's not because I'm so great. It's not because I'm so strong. It's because His power lives inside of me. It allows me to do the more that He's created me to do. It allows me to become the more that He's made me to be. Because God empowers me. I'm not empowering myself. And so when we look and we say, you know what, I can do better with this. I can do better with this. I can do better with this because I allow God's power to come alive in me. I can do better than this. Bec- I can do better with this because I, c- I can allow God to get inside of my relationships. I can let God get inside uh, of, of this relationship that I have with my coworkers, with my wife, with my husband, and, and, and my job, and, and, and whatever it is that we're trying to cancel and punt too quickly. God is saying, wait a second. Maybe I've set you here for a reason. Maybe you have this relationship for a reason. Maybe this is somebody that I want you to allow the Spirit of God to work in you and through you to overflow into their life. Have you thought about that? Maybe you can do better with this. So when we look at this and we say, all right, God, If I can do better with this, what does that look like? That looks like a spirit filled life. So if God is calling us to a spirit filled life, what does that look like? Romans chapter 12, verse 6. Romans chapter 12, verse 6, and this is what it says. The Apostle Paul writes, and this is a church that is divided, it's made up of Roman Christians and Jewish Christians. For a period of time, all, all the Jewish Christians were kicked out of Rome for about a 10-year period because of the emperor says, you're banned, you're banished. And so you had that group of Jewish Christians who were pulled out of influence. And once they began to come back in, it was like that church was very different because that Jewish influence had been pulled out. And so you had these factions that began to be, they kind of butted heads with one another. They had different ideas about how things should look. And Paul begins to address this. He says, hey, wait a second. Wait just a minute now. And he says, we all have different gifts according to the grace, which me grace is something you can't work for. Grace is a gift. That's where we get the idea of charismatic or charisma comes from this word gift. It means it is a grace. It is a gift. Your gift is is according to this grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. Next verse. He says, if it is serving, then serve. Serve. He's saying this, he says, take the limit, take the little green tab off the light and let it shine. If this is what you were created for, don't limit God's power by having these these arguments and these divisions and this bitterness between you and a different group. Allow your life to shine. Allow the Spirit of God to work in you with that goodness and that peace and that love and that gentleness. Let that fruit begin to push through the surface And you'll begin to see what happens when fruit begins to be born in your life. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then encouragement. Then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, then do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. Love, there's that word again. Love must be sincere. And hate what is evil and cling to what is good. So when we look at this and we're saying, what is the spirit-filled life? This is what spirit-filled life is. Spirit-filled life is this. It is love on display and love-empowered. When, when I grew, I've grown up in, in, in a Pentecostal church. And, and some of you guys, you haven't. And I understand that. Just, to, just as a quick survey, I don't want to embarrass anybody. How many of you guys grew up in a Pentecostal church? Raise your hand. Alright, yeah, just, there's a few of us. How many of you grew up in something other than Pentecost and it just freaked you out when you saw it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's, I, I, I get it. I understand. I understand. You know? And, and that's okay. And, and, I, and growing up in, in the Pentecostal, in Pentecostal church and church of God, um, you know, I, I remember the, the services my, 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 my dad, uh, he was a pastor and the services that we would have in our church and people were shouting and speaking in tongues and, and rolling on the floor, we were doing all kinds of stuff. And it's like, you know, that was just second nature to me. Some of y'all are like, I would be out the door within uh, half a second, right? But I think we miss the point sometimes. I think sometimes when we think spirit-filled, we only think what happens in the four walls of this building. We only think that it deals with worship, the dynamic of worship, in the sense of these these uh, gifts that are on display sometimes in, in the church that, that you know, uh that we see it's like well people are prophesying yes and people are speaking in tongues yes and that's great and that's awesome and it's good but you know there's a lot of other gifts it's gifts of hospitality gifts of administration gifts of serving gifts see these are things we don't think about and we just think you know what well this is just me being nice and doing something No, 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 you missed the point. When you think like that, you've got a little green tab on the power source that's limiting what you're doing. What I want you to begin to think about is when we show kindness to somebody who has really irritated us, uh, when, when you, you begin to love the person that may seem unlovable, maybe, maybe when we begin to deal gently and be generous with the people that we've had disagreements with, what we're doing is we're taking the tab off the power source and we're allowing God's power to move in and shoot through us. And what it does is it takes kindness, not just being nice, but it takes kindness to ratchet up to a different level where it becomes spirit living and spirit empowered. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about is love that is on display and love that is empowered. See, the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. The Holy Spirit makes me better than me. You've heard me say this before, and I absolutely believe this. The Holy Spirit is not about me so I can get prideful and get puffed up and look what gift I have. Look at me over here. I'm operating into my gift. Hey, hallelujah, glory to God. Hey, shine that light on me a little bit brighter. That's not what it's about. It's about, so that God can get glory, so that the church can be edified, so that the kingdom can be increased. That's what spirit empowerment is about. And so whether you speak in tongues or whether you prophesy, I hope that you're operating in the other gifts as well. I hope that you're operating in generosity. I hope that you're operating in kindness. I hope that you're operating in love because when we see Paul in Ephesians, he says, love and power, love and power, love and power. What is a spirit-filled life? It is love that is on display play and love that is empowered and when that happens it's our life that begins to bear fruit It's our life that begins to 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 move into a way that the spirit can use us i'm gonna ask the band if they'll come play because i'll need to go ahead and, and and close here real quick and this is what we're gonna we're gonna pray and I'm, I'm i'm gonna let them sing and we're gonna sing a song but this is it i was made for more you were made for more you were made for more you were made for more. God has created us so that his power cannot just be something that gives us a chill on our back when we sit under a vent. His power is in us to take our nicety and make it into the fruit of the Spirit to, to display his power and love through us. So don't be scared. Don't be scared. This... This is what I want us to pray today. How many of you would be open just to say, God, fill me with your spirit? How many of you would you be open just to pray that prayer? Now, that's a dangerous prayer because God will actually do it. (laughs) He's like, hey, there's an open space for me. I'm going to fill it. As long as you're not so full of yourself, God can fill you with who he is. But if I'm full of me and I'm full of everything else, there's no space for the Spirit. So what I've got to do is I've got to take the little green strip, the little green tag off, and say I'm tired of being disconnected from the power source. Nothing else in this world can fill the space that you've created, God, except for your Spirit. I was created to be more. I was created to do more. So this morning, that's our prayer. I want you to stand with me. I want you to stand because we're gonna sing this song and then we're gonna we're gonna pray this out here in just a second where we pray God fill us, God fill us, God fill us. How many of you want God to fill you? How many of you want God to fill you? And it's not about me coming to lay hands on you. Yes, absolutely, I can come lay hands on you. But I, I remember the story of Ron Phillips, Doctor Ron Phillips, pastored a huge Baptist church in in Chattanooga, Tennessee and Dr. Ron Phillips tells a story about he was just praying God I want more of your spirit I want more of your power I want you to do something and he was in a hotel room one night and he was by himself and he just began to pray and what well, he began just just to kneel beside his bed and said that God just just blessed him and baptized him in the spirit right there on the on the floor of that hotel room while he was by himself And that really made it difficult for him being the pastor of this real large Baptist church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And he tells the story, he says, but he just went back and he continued to be the pastor that God had called him to be in a way that was empowered through the Spirit. And so for us, God, fill me. God, I'm open. I'm open for whatever you want. So God, if you want me to be kind, let that fruit bear out in my life. If, if I need more gentleness, God, let that fruit bear out in my life. God, if I need to forgive, let that fruit bear out in my life. Lord, we're open. We're open. Can we sing this together?